I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at NFL on Twitter and of course follow the group at UK Packers. And in the studio of a winning game night of me old buddy. At Ryan Peacock NFL, what's going on, buddy? Well, I, I still haven't really been able to take in that finish. Uh, I, I was absolutely convinced we'd blown it. Mm. Um but then for us to come back and obviously the only thing I kept thinking in my head is even if there's only a little bit amount of time on the clock, Aaron Rodgers absolutely loves being under pressure in the two minute drive thing. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of felt we'd be okay, but to win it in the way we did, I'm just, just unbelievable. I still not, I mean, we've, we've literally run into the studio now, haven't we, to record this. Yeah. And I haven't really had time to take it all in and think about it properly yet. See, this is one of these podcasts which mostly opinion. Aaron Rodgers likes being under pressure and he likes finishing under pressure. He's the type of guy who strikes me that, you know, he's out at a party and says to the missus, come on, we go into the cloakroom. We have three minutes. Let's do the two-minute drill. Let's get this knocked out. And he just seems like the type of guy who goes for it at the end. But what can I say, Rhino? This looked like it was dead and buried, didn't it? 17 points up in the fourth quarter. The defense do what the defense tend to do on occasion. Disintegrated. Dropped 17 points. Bear in mind, this is to a 3-10 and 10 Bears team. Uh, this is to a guy, Matt Barkley, who has been playing well. But we really made him look like a, like a novice, didn't we, tonight? I mean, haha, Clinton Dix. He got two interceptions. You know, he was thrown into covers that he shouldn't have been thrown into. And this is the type of pressure that we should have been able to put on him. So how do we let it slip away, Ryan? Let, let's talk about the negatives first and then end on just an explosive Cialis-style uh, finish. How about that? <laughs> yeah, get the doctor on uh, auto call. Um, basically, for, for me, the if we, if we just go back to last podcast that we did, um, you obviously made some pretty compelling argument that Matt Barkley was a, a much better quarterback than... Hmm probably his record suggested and even his stats suggested because the amount of drop balls by his receiver. Yeah. And, and everyone kept saying to me, you know, what game are you worrying about most? And, and and I was saying, don't don't look past those Chicago Bears because this is this is this rivalry that's been going on for years and years and it doesn't matter what your records are, so on and so on. When it comes to this game, both teams will compete and it will be a game. Yeah. Um, it ended up being that. It shouldn't have been as well because that, after that third quarter, um, you know, Judy's Peppers comes out, gets the strip sack. Uh, we get the ball back. A few plays after that, we have the inception where however many points it was up, 17 points up. And really by that point, we should have all been putting our feet up and, and sort of finally been able to watch a Packers game and relax a little bit. Yeah. However, can't have that, can we? Because we're Packers fans. So you've got to have the heart attack pack element. And <laughs> But to let it slide like we did in that last quarter was a little bit worrying because it did seem that the defense just went back to being... Just, just playing miles off and just, just allowing so much space. And I think it should be said as well that when Barkley was good, it was because he was well protected. And I think sometimes tonight our pass rush didn't get past the Bears offensive line, um, which which gave an issue in our secondary because it did give them more time to get around and get open. But it just seemed like there was a bit of a change in that fourth quarter for some reason on the D. Whether that was we made changes negatively um, or whether... The Bears just got it together in that fourth. Foot. I'm not quite sure yet because I need to go back and see it. But I'd say I think it's a bit of both, to be honest, Ryan. Because sometimes what we say on the UK Packers Twitter doesn't accurately reflect the 
dead inside that we feel sometimes like i was you know what it's getting it's like what what do they call it shell shock you know when something happens to a soldier and he just keeps replaying the bad times that happens with me with the nfc championship game and then i see the d disintegrate again against the cardinals in the playoffs when we should have had their number and then i saw it happen again and we got tweets into the group account saying here we are i can't believe i'm watching the season disintegrate in front of our eyes and some people might have said that that was being dramatic but it really wasn't i mean we're up 17 points so it is a disintegration and it is worrying and it is this sort of it's the toxic side of the Packers that comes out time and time again when okay the D played lights out against Seattle but arguably that's because the offense put up so many points that of course they could play kind of recklessly you know but it always seems that when it actually comes down to a point where they have to make that stand they let us down and that's that's just the reality of the situation yes there's been games where they've stood up and they've they've got us there but you have to do it in the crunch times which is why i was so hard on haha clinton dix against the colts when we should have put them to bed uh but they ended up getting the yardage that they needed because he bottled the uh, sack so it's the same here i think it's probably best that let's face it over over the whole course of the game i think that generally it was still far, far more positives than, than there were negatives. That fourth quarter was the only quarter where we looked in danger of losing it. Hmm. Um, but I want to try and – I could look at that really, really negatively or I'm going to do what I am going to do and go, do you know what, in the end, we've done enough throughout the three quarters. we still got injuries. We maybe have picked up a couple more tonight. Aaron Rodgers at times – I know he's saying that he feels fine, but – you can still see at times that he was hobbling. I mean, at one point, a defensive lineman caught him up while he was rushing. Yeah. You know, so I still think you have to look at this and go, with the team we've got, it's beat up. Um, I, I'm still going to look at this as a positive result. I think the last few weeks, the last few weeks, the defense has been more on it and stayed on it. I think maybe tonight, hopefully, is just a bit of a an anomaly if you like and hopefully that this is enough now for capers to look at this for the next two games and 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 maybe try and address that again because we have i think addressed it in the previous few games so it might just be you know that chicago just got it right in the fourth quarter yeah and it was too little too late from their point um but we'd done enough and and then obviously coming back and winning it with a crosby field goal was was absolute uh just just a great moment because i honestly thought it was going to go to overtime and before that i thought we were going to lose it so yeah pure mint i mean then not to start the shout outs early but jackie steed has tweeted us in and asked you know can you know how can we trust a d down the stretch with this type of performance but like you said it's sometimes with the packers what happens is is it's an absolute mixture of all the wrong things that can happen do happen and we said in the last podcast as well that matt barkley has receivers that keep dropping the ball they drop 12 percent of passes thrown their way that they should have came down with um you know with the with the league average being five percent so and you might go oh who gives a crap about all the sort of percentage stats but that that's considerable it means that he's you know he's dealing with what two and a half times almost of the amount Mm. of drops that anybody else has his main weapon who they kept going to and we saw tonight was alshon jeffrey he was back and boy did he make an impact so that's what we were saying in the last podcast weren't we ryan i mean if he's wide receivers do end up coming down with some of those balls they are going to make even more plays and that's what they did down the stretch and as well as that i think kind of like the irish soccer team because uh, jackie's an irishman as well what ends up happening is is we put up a lead sometimes and then for some inexplicable reason we drop off slightly and i think that's what happened to the packers again tonight 
But I don't know if you want to add more to that, Ryan, or whether we'll just get on and look at some of the really explosive positives that we had because they're there for all to see. The, the only other maybe negative that I thought watching it is I don't think Montgomery's a return man. No. And I know that it's probably not. We've probably got bigger things to worry about, but I don't like him in that position. He's too, he's too hesitant. I mean, he had an absolutely fantastic game tonight, mm. um, but I would like to maybe get him out of the return game and probably look at trying to use somebody different. I mean, whether we can use Jeff Janis or somebody that I don't know. Why Randall Cobb wasn't doing it, not sure. Um, but for me, Montgomery is, is, is needs to maybe be taken out of there because I just don't think that's his... It just, just didn't look like he fancied it. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. And as well as that, maybe he's been told in the background by the coaches because he is so integral to the offense. Do you know, don't take any risks with it. You know, if you're going to go down, just go down, go down safely. Whereas Jeff Janis, when he got on the return, I think he was at the last return there and he looked like he can really turn a corner. But let's take a look at Ty. He had 162 yards on the night, um, 123 yards in the first half, which is actually the most for a Packers running back since a man Green did it in 2001 against Detroit. And even the game that he had, Ryan, with 162 yards, we were speaking kind of in the background. We put it out on the UK Packers Twitter and we asked everybody, you know, do we think that he's going to get to 200 yards? The last guy to do that again would be no surprise also, a man green back in 2003 against Denver, uh, we believe. So this guy's showing some serious caliber, especially if you look at one of the plays. He should have been put down for a two-yard loss and ends up turning it into a 61-yard gain. This is the type of legs that this guy has, being complimented by Kristen Michael. This is what we saw a few seasons back, didn't we? With Eddie Lacy being uh, running back one, James Starks coming in at RB2, and they complimented each other nicely. Montgomery, to me, and I don't know how he seems to you, seems to be a kind of an opportunistic runner sometimes that he should be put down, but he ends up wriggling around and getting those gains. He's still got a lot to learn, I think, and that, that's sort of being acknowledged. But, Jesus, if you're ripping into 162 yards in one game, you're perfecting it quite well. And Kristen Michael, again, to me, looks like he does come out of the Marshawn Lynch school of strong arms I mean he just runs down your throat doesn't he and what a good one-two punch for us to have down the stretch now it's the speed that he comes out of his stance with uh, Michael I'm talking about the speed in which when that ball is snapped he comes flying out like a rocket and he he seems to be a very direct runner so he he literally aims for his gap on the line and and he's going to go through it Um, or if not it's going to take something really special to stop him I think we still got to see a lot more from him Hmm. Um, I think we are if if we can make the playoffs he might just be our breakout player for the playoffs yeah now Montgomery I thought was brilliant tonight and you know it's been a a master stroke a genius really that the, they've they found this player that had a skill set and they found a way to use him at a time when we we couldn't keep a running back on the field yeah um, for me now and obviously Starks was in, involved in, it, in an unfortunate incident with a, in a car accident um and he's obviously recovering uh, and all that concussion protocol sort of stuff. But for me now, it's it's making the argument that really Starks is going to struggle now to get to see many more snaps on the field. Yeah. Because I think Montgomery tonight cemented himself as the number one. And then number two steps, they're going to go between maybe Starks and Michael. But I prefer just I just prefer the way in which Michael runs for me. Yeah, same. It's a real breakneck sort of style of running. And as you said, it's very decisive. Whereas, But it's good to have that, isn't it? It's good to have that variation where if you have a good run stuff in defense who, you know, because that that's what it seems like is that Montgomery will pick you apart 
Now, again, I'm not saying that he's, he's incredibly adept. He's not the Aaron Rodgers of running backs, but he will pick you apart and take that opportunity, whereas Kristen Michael has one assignment and he does it. So if you come up against a good run block and defense, well, then what, or run stuff and defense, what you're going to end up happening is, is that if they shore up their running lanes, well, then he's going to get put down. It's as simple as that. Whereas is Montgomery, I don't think, will run as easily. He'll try to find that gap, kind of like what Starks is doing, but Starks seems to have got kind of caught up with will I or won't I, and he's a bit more indecisive. Uh, but Kristen Michael's 42-yard touchdown run was really a momentum changer for us um, at that stage in the third quarter. And it's the first game that we've had three rushing touchdowns since 2013. So we're doing some nice things with the run game. And Aaron Rodgers, again, is absolutely explosive. And we can see him, can't we, Ryan, struggling with that calf. And I was very surprised, I don't know about you, seeing him run and take the responsibility so much. It does seem like to me that the Packers game plan is is just carry us into the playoffs or as close to it as we can and then we'll try get everybody healthy at that stage. And we've done this we did this a few years ago and the reason we were doing it was is because if we got that that buy you know, we weren't going to be in that wild card or whatever. You, you, that would have boded really well for us. We could have an extra week or two to get Aaron Rodgers healthy. It looks like we're not going to have that luxury. And it seems to be paying off because the Lions lost and the Vikings lost. Now, an awful lot of people don't, they Ryan, count out the Vikings, but they got smashed tonight. But I don't think they're out yet because up until this game, they had the same record as the Packers. So they're still up there. They just need to be put away and they seem to be doing it to themselves now. Are you relatively confident, Ryan, do you think, now that we can make the march? Because this is the... We, we, are, we have now, and we said it before this, we have now got the season in our hands. Before now, we were depending on the Lions to lose. They've done that. If we win our remaining games, we are now definitely top of the NFC North and we go into the playoffs. You confident about it? Yeah, I absolutely am. And I still think yet that the Lions will lose their game to the Cowboys. Mm. So... Um, like the Lions could essentially. So I saw somebody else put earlier that the the Lions are too good to lose out the season. I don't know that they are. The problem for the NFC North this year is that that, that where everyone's in the position they are in because no one's been good enough to establish themselves from the rest of the pack. Mm. Um, no, no pun intended there. But um, <laughs> like for me, the, the Lions have been good. Um, but if you look at a lot of victories, I know they're celebrating. Uh, just how much Matt Stafford's had all his fourth quarter comebacks. Well, that's that's great, and that, that you know that's good that a team can still be competing at the late stages of the game, and they've got the mentality and the and the skill sets and everything else out on the field to make those comebacks. Yeah, but that also means that for three quarters out of four, you've been trailing in games, and at some point that runs out. Yeah, because a team gets too far ahead of you, so you can't come back. Or like tonight when it, when he's thrown an interception in the fourth quarter and it's sort of killed the game off for him. So that that kind of way of winning is not going to continue forever. And like I said, I'm not saying it's a negative. It is good for any team if they can have a fourth quarter comeback and it makes it exciting and all the rest of it. But it's a risky way to win football games and they've done it a lot this year. And like we've seen it with the heart attack pack, it had to go this way, you know, that we were trailing. We could have been down by a touchdown. The game would have been over. But let's just talk about Aaron Rodgers' testicles for a moment. Can we talk about his balls of steel just for a second? We're on or third ca- on... <laughs> cojones for our Spanish listeners. Indeed, yeah. We're, we're a multicultural race. Um, look, it's third and 11. Does any other quarterback in the league try that? You know, he's probably not given that remit from the sideline, any other quarterback. He's probably told if he's anybody else... Don't balls it up. Go for the easy one. Get to the touchline. Try get up. Get it into field goal range. Third and 11, Ryan. And Aaron Rodgers rips a 60-yard 
bomb. That is the deepest completion, by the way, of the Packers season for Aaron Rodgers. That'll show you the balls of steel this guy has. He decides to have his deepest completion to none other than, of course, Jordy Nelson. Because if I, you know, if anyone gets into a relationship, you want that sort of compatibility, that simpatico, that reliability that Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson has. And he drops the bomb in. And Jordy, I don't even know if he was properly touched down. But he didn't do any of that time wasting of getting up and legging it into the end zone on the off chance. He was clever enough to stop there. A Bears player came in and tried to slap him. As if to say, I want to make sure he's down. But you see Jordy holding that ball. He doesn't want anybody to slap that out of his hands. Because he wants to place that ball down. Get the snap. Spike the ball. And get that field goal. To try to ice the kicker. And Mason does it. Is this not typical of our season, Rhino, that we have? We depend on Aaron Rodgers, we depend on Jordy Nelson, and we depend on Mason Crosby all in a row to make this thing click, and we did it. Yeah, I mean, we, we absolutely lent on our superstars tonight, and it was it was nice for me for Jordy to get that reception right at the end because he'd had, by his own standards, probably a bit of an off night, Yeah. sort of as did Devontae and the rest of it. And that's, that's another thing. Anyone that's feeling, just to go back to, I know you said we were going to do all the negatives and then go on, but anyone that was still feeling negative about the way this game almost slipped, any other week, Jordy Nelson makes those three catches. Uh, Devontae Adams makes his catches, one of which, or maybe two of which, were in the end zone. So this game could have been out of sight if it wasn't for a couple of you know dropped catches. So I'm, that's another reason why I'm not so worried about how it, how it ended up. But yeah, for, for Jordy Nelson to go down the field... Rodgers and Nelson have absolutely got this connection. And you remember people at the start of the year were saying, oh, they're, they're rusty, it's not it's not working. Well, it's working now. And I think everybody can see it's working now. And uh, like like you said, not only the balls on Rodgers, but the trust that he must have in Jordy, who, like we just said, dropped a few tonight. But he knows that when he absolutely had to, and, uh, you know, Rodgers has put his balls on the line that, you know, Jordy is going to be the guy to come and cup him. <laughs> look it's late for us now we've watched the game we're tired the innuendos are coming out let me just stall here and let me just give a big shout out right is that when i'm talking sometimes it can be off-putting because you know ronnie be doing something in the background sometimes when he's talking i'll be doing something in the background some stuff by accident some stuff deliberately but what's really put me off tonight right now you've got you've got the big you know what for the listeners that don't know and haven't heard in previous podcasts ryan was born in Germany because his his family have a sort of an army past, and you can what I can only describe. Uh, sorry, as, sorry, sorry, Air Force. Air Force. What man? I'm the same. We're, maybe that's why we hit it off so much. You know what I mean? Because my my father, uh, <laughs> my grandfather, sorry, was in the Irish Army for years. Had the whole when he died, had the Irish flag draped over the whole gun salute at his at his funeral. Nice. Almost made me want to run away straight after that funeral and join the army. Uh, my brother was going to become a doctor in the army, but my grandfather's father fought for Michael Collins uh, in the Free State Army and during the whole Civil War. But anyway, I, I digress. What I'm saying here is, is that your Germanic past obviously hasn't left you because A, you've got the big sort of Bavarian-looking beard on you, right? Number two, this is what's put me off. You've got the biggest jug. It's, is it a jug? It's a Tom Cole-style pint. You've got a big sort of pitcher of beard there that you're supping off. How, how do you get a beer that big? What beer is that? I believe they call it a Stein. A no, Stein I want you beer. to pronounce the actual name <laughs> because we know well, the a good name of the beer. Okay, here we go. It, from, from what I've worked out, it's Franz, <laughs> Franzixgarner Weissbier. That sounds more African than German. I'm sorry. I'm gonna have you're gonna have to hold that up well, there and let me see. Hold it up. No, no, no. It says it says on it's from Munich. That pronunciation. So all our all our all our, uh, all our German listeners are going, yeah, yeah, we know that's a great beer. <laughs> 
after saying what did he say what language was he speaking so you didn't pick but up the, any German the, when you were over there did you hang on hang on if I get the perspective see it's bigger than my head Jeez, the size of the thing and that is one big head I have to say mm. both figuratively and physically though, whilst you're trying whilst you're trying to mug me off again um, <laughs> Tom Coles right. he's messaged in saying oh. no, ties a beast Roger seriously stepping up MVP, and then it just finishes with and yes I'm drunk and then <laughs> Russell's Russell said that uh, Ryan definitely deserves a beer or twelve after that game. Yeah, so, doesn't doesn't need your permission, but fine. Yeah. He's uh, he's doing it. So anyway. I'm just saying, there's a couple of people that are starting to understand. They know what it's about. Drink responsibly, folks. But oh yeah, drink nonetheless. Anyone who listens knows that uh, you know Ryan likes now pint. Let and we've got we've got a message in here now from uh, Ben Cadwallader, who you couldn't pronounce uh, last time and I didn't have his name in front of me he's feeling good because he said Villa and the pack win the pack more reliable Villa you know good day for you Ben uh, fair play to you we're happy for you anybody else out there on pack nation uh, Rhino that you that catches real eyeballs that you want anyone to else want to give shout outs to well Scotty Mann's tweeted this a few times but I'm not going to, I'm not going to give him a shout out because he always mugs me off about drinking um, <laughs> so yeah. you, can, you can give him a shout out but um, no we got here obviously uh, Graham Graham says amazing amazing finish in the end almost blew it Rogers and Nelson save us which is standard always heart attack pack but worried and there's probably something we should mention it looks like Lane Taylor and TJ Lang obviously picked up some injuries so we'll have to see next couple of days how how serious they end up being because obviously they are a huge part of that offensive line well if we look at the type of yards that we got uh, today Ryan an awful lot of that is premised on that offensive line we've said already that uh, Kristen Michael is a runner who hits the lanes, hits them hard, and if it works out as planned, that's exactly how it's designed. He's, he's an offensive coordinator's dream because he does what you tell him to do. So, you know, with two offensive linemen being out, that's really going to affect the run game. With an unhealthy Aaron Rodgers with the leg injuries, that is very concerning because if we do start getting blown open, well, then that means that we're putting Aaron Rodgers more at risk, that could, we could knock him out and then our playoff dream is over, and also we might not be able to break up in those running lanes. So, it's a big mm. concern, isn't it? Because the O-line is where we'd fell down in previous years and that's a really alarm bells ringing for Mina down the stretch. Yeah, sure. And it, and it would be an absolute you know, kick in the nuts if we lose those players. But for me, look, offensive line guys are pretty tough. They play for a lot of injuries. Um, there's probably very few of them that are ever at, any, at, any, you know, ever 100% at any point in the season. So mm. I think those guys would be all right. It kind of um, ties in with what you're saying as well. Uh, a tweet that's coming from George Thane, um, which I think, to be fair, is that's a new name on this, so it's good to yeah. have a new listener. So welcome, George. Um, a great win if we make the playoffs. Uh, he said, we're going to need a Rogers that can run as well. Now, that kind of ties in with, um, obviously, Steve Hall's point of view when he came on the podcast didn't he, uh, a week or so ago. Rogers, in a sense, if he's staying in that pocket, is, is possibly, at the moment looking more effective in the pocket. Now, obviously, I absolutely agree with George that, you know, you want a guy that can run because there were times tonight where he had the opportunity and, and in the past would have made first downs. Yeah. Whereas because he, he can't run as freely as he should, he's only making, say, five, six or seven yards. But I do believe he is actually, as much as he's always been a mobile quarterback that can get outside and do things, he's absolutely also suited to just being a pocket passer. He, he's got that game as well and he showed it tonight he showed it last week as well so absolutely get what George is saying um, and hopefully he gets that calf sorted out and he's fit coming back it certainly looked like it was still bothering him a little bit tonight 
Yeah, it surely did. And what worried me as well, I saw Montgomery go off and he was sort of pressing on his, his foot. I could see he looked, I don't know if he was picking up a knock and maybe that's why he didn't have such a such a huge contribution at the very end of the game there. And maybe that's what, it wasn't sort of, you know, taking the, the foot off the gas, but maybe it was just by design in the sense that we had to protect Montgomery. Uh, so another tweet here, we have Richie Biddle, who's, you know, a good friend of ours now from the group, an absolutely top guy um, at Green Bay 486. And he said that his niece is after making him an insert for his phone case. So it's a Green Bay G. So that looks uh, that looks great. So we like we like to see that. But what we want to know is, um, we've seen people tweet us in, uh, don't we, Ryan? We get it all the time. They've got their lucky jocks on. They've got their lucky jersey on or whatever. And we had uh, Shane Langton tweet us in with sort of, what do you call them? They're like little Lego men. They're like giant Lego men kind of guys. Pop figures or pop, they're pop something anyway. It's a little pop Aaron Rodgers. Uh, not a bobblehead it's it's like a certain type it, they do uh, you know walking dead figures in them and stuff I think they're called pop figures or something so he's his little pop Aaron Rodgers up um, and he says like what a day for the pack never in doubt with this man in charge and has his little pop figure up so what we'd like to know is and if you tweet us in after the you listen to the podcast what's your ritual and um, we'll mention the weirdest one won't we on the next sort of preview podcast we want to see what your weirdest ritual is what about you Rhino do you have anything that you do every time that the game comes up that you have to have this or that on or your, you know your left sock on your right foot and your arse uh... sitting on the seat sideways you know what's apart from drinking what's yours <laughs> Um, I think the only one no I haven't really got anything that's the specific I, I just always have to have something on that is a Packers clothing even if it's just a baseball cap but I always have to have something else I'm representing but that's about it but apart from that nothing I, I don't worry about that sort of stuff at the end of the day best team wins so the superstition don't really come into it yeah I'm not too much of a traditional man myself but you will we do have people out there that take this stuff really really seriously we've some people who won't look at field goals that they say they get behind the couch or shove their face into a pillow or you know whatever so let us know because mm. it's, it's interesting to see I used to used to once know a guy um, it's his soccer more than football but mm. if his team got a penalty he'd go to the toilet and not watch it because <laughs> he was convinced if he watched it they'd miss yeah because so he just every single time that's when he'd go to the toilet and then when he's in the toilet he'd go he'd, he'd know if it was in because he'd hear everyone scream over his plops it's just but, strange isn't it yeah it's just strange it is weird and it's weird that someone it's says it, it's my you know especially when they support the browns and they say oh this is my lucky jersey you're like oh well i'll take it off mate because you know there's zero on 13 yeah. won't be that has not been working for you no yeah that's that's a bad t-shirt what so what's your part and thoughts then for this game i know usually our podcasts are kind of banter filled or full of stats whereas these ones these are more reactionary what, what's your final thoughts for this uh, Ryan for this game and also on the next two that we have to face because your prediction all along was that we we're going to win out and it doesn't seem like that prediction will change no absolutely not I still believe that we'll do it obviously tonight was tighter than I thought it would be um, next week uh, is obviously a huge game um, and then I still believe it will come down to the lines in that final week as to then who's going to be the NFC North champion so as much as I say that, obviously, now the Lions have lost tonight, I, I truly believe they could lose to Dallas. And I think by that point, you know, it, it's a tough one. But I think it, it will come down to maybe that last game. Um, but I, I'm, I'm very confident how far we can go in the playoffs, I really don't know. But I know there's, I know one thing, there's not one single team out there that will look at the Packers and go, oh, that's all right, we, we don't mind playing those guys. Yeah. You know, nobody will want to face Aaron Rodgers and this Packers team. No, I, I think there's a capability with the Packers. Now, I know that we dropped a 17-point 
you know, we're up 17 points and we, and we dropped it. But the thing is, is that just shows you what the Packers are capable of. They're capable of putting up 17 points. And like you raised earlier, I mean, Devontae Adams dropped two in the end zone. And there weren't sort of, you know, bobble balls or put in the wrong place and that he had to make an effort. They were right in the bread basket. They were in his hands. He just had to reel them in. And Devontae has been incredible. And it was sad to see people turn on him so quickly on Twitter. But that's what kind of happens after he had a terrible season. And fair enough, um, he would have dragged those in. So we could have been up, what, another 14 points? So we, it could have been an absolute blowout. We could have dropped a 50-burger on them, but we didn't because we do have to be conservative in a way with Aaron Rodgers' legs and maybe with uh, Montgomery's legs and, you know, with our offensive line and they put their body on the line as well. So we need to be kind of careful. But I think the same as you. I think it's going to come down to the final game for sure. I think that, you know, the Lions are can still be pretty explosive. And we said before, and I specifically said that the Bears are kind of a they're kind of a bogey team they're a team that haven't lost by a huge amount of points and they could still end up beating you because they've done it to us before when we were likely to win last season they clobbered us and that was embarrassing so we've the vikings coming up which let us know how you're getting on with the partners out there because this is a you know this is a christmas eve game now i've got a little boy and i have to do the whole you know be there for him and get the gifts and do all that kind of gear go up to multiple families have to cart him around like a little prince so I'm having to juggle that, you know, get some brownie points, but also try watch this Vikings game at at six. Have you got a clear runway for this, Ryan? Is the missus on your back? Have you got any brownie points already? What's going down, buddy? I oh, don't know. I'm uh, all alone, so I'll be watching it. <laughs> the joys. I'm sure you, you put on the, oh, baby, I can't believe you're not going to be here on Christmas Eve, baby. I'm going to miss you so much. <laughs> but uh, fair play to you. So, yeah, it's a, it's a Christmas Eve game. Let us know as well, as long as, along with your sort of Packer traditions, let us know how you're getting away, especially if you have kids, because that tends to be harder, how you're getting away on Christmas Eve uh, to do all of this. Because, look, all the lads out there, like myself, Christmas Eve is usually the time you get all the Christmas shopping done for family, friends and distant relatives. And then it comes down to, it's actually a January 1st game. How crazy is that? New Year's Day against the Lions. And then we'll see uh, who the winner is. I think the Packers will win out, Ryan. How deep we go into the playoffs. But what a turnaround to say that this was almost dead and buried and people were writing us off and saying that we should sack the coaches and now we're looking likely to go into the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. It's... I think with with Green Bay, is it's not only just relative to the games where we call them the heart, heart attack pack. It's it's been very relative to I think this season. Is that every time we thought we were good this season, we then it kind of we weren't, and then every time we thought we were dead and buried, we've then come back, and now we're in a position where, you know, we we, we could potentially go to the playoffs, and not only go to the playoffs, but I think we could do a lot more. Um, and really upset somebody no definitely it's uh, it's positive stuff and if anyone wants to see the, the sort of epitome of what it's like when we get that win uh, we've just had a tweet in haven't we from uh, at Jimmy ID and he says this is a family pick of after the Crosby field goal and if you've never seen so many happy faces especially from the young people out there are watching this and getting exhilarated by it so head along to at Jimmy ID and check out that photo it's some great stuff we'll, we'll tweet it out from the uh, the group account but I think that's pretty much all for uh, today Rhino yeah I didn't have to have a little little rant about our friend that's popped up his ugly head again um, I'm not going to mention the account because I don't want to give him that kind of airtime. but there's a certain account out there that like to try and put down the UK Packers don't they yeah they do and try to question why we do what we do and I think all of our listeners and everyone that's been with us now for the what, what we are now fourth year yep is it fourth years it is yeah um, you know, everyone, everyone that knows us everyone's been with us knows that we are just two big Green Bay fans that are trying to just 
I don't know, share the love, make sure everybody knows somebody that's a Green Bay fan, mm. uh, and just just trying to help all the other uh, other fans out that we that we meet and and so on and so on. It's that's all we're here for, you know. Yeah, let us let us remind it, right? So before this, me and you were sitting on our own in our respective sitting rooms, shouting at moments like this Crosby field goal, or you know, like like the Super Bowl win. We were, you know, you sit there on your own, you've nobody to confide in. Whereas this group that we've created has has brought everybody from all of those sitting rooms all together. It's it's made friendships. We've uh, had a few couples get together from some of our meets, and we've had lifelong friends. And that that's what this group is all about, right? So we do this every waking second is that we're in work yeah. and this is like a second job and it's a labor of love and here we are at whatever stupid o'clock it is then this podcast has to be edited and put up and we do all of this and we've built up this reputation you know we have two documentaries being made about us by the actual packers and if you want to see what those documentaries are go to packers.com and type in packers life there's going to be two of those documentaries on our dedication to the pack one of them and the other one is us going over on our trip this year to green bay so it's been recognized by the packers they've sent over a packers vp she was amazing gabrielle valdez dow she came over and she gave us some some gifts to give away to the fans which we just gave all of them away one of them was assigned the troy guyon uh jersey myself and ryan aren't in this for ourselves we're in this to bring together the packer fans across the uk ireland europe you know we have good friends now in, in packers italy packers germany uh, even beyond europe then to packers argentina and brazil so we do this all all day every day it has i'll stop the sort of little mini it's not a rant but sort of mini monologue now but you know this takes considerable time effort and we spend a lot of money on this to, to host websites to host podcast uh, streaming sites for enough sort of data to put that stuff up there and keep it up there and as well as that the time that we spend on this is pretty much constant and it drives both of our families it's safe to say ryan absolutely insane so off the back of that we don't make a lot of money if much money even at all by having a little shop and we sell t-shirts and uh we used to sell cheese heads which we're hoping to bring back over and we don't make a profit it's a non-profit earning uh, venture that costs us money and we got criticized by this guy who showed his head saying oh we're only interested in making money which shows the level of ignorance of this guy we only tried to make a tiny bit to go towards the colossal amount of money and time that we spend so the outgoings are far bigger than the incomings so to get insulted and as well as that this guy who's done this has pretty much used our exact name on twitter to try piggyback off our work and to try plagiarize and slander us and you know yeah. It's rich, isn't it? Tonight he was called out as well by some guys, I think, over in America, and then some other people jumped on him as well, but he actually was copy and pasting our tweets. Yeah. So to say this guy's uh, so critical of us, Ryan, I mean, it's insane. Yeah, it seems like he only wants to be us. But I just thought I'd say that, because anybody that, unfortunately, you know, if you're following that guy or that guy's come across some of your mentions tonight because he kept trying to get involved in different things and, and, and sort of have a pop at people... That account's nothing to do with us, and uh, we're just sorry if he's caused anyone a problem tonight. Um, but know that myself and Steve do this because we love the Packers, uh, we love all the followers, we love all the people that we met. This is this is something we just love doing, which is why we do it. Yeah, and it's going to get bigger and better. So head along to the website, uh, ukpackers.co.uk. Sign up to the newsletter because we're going to be sending out information as soon as we can get it to try to get this international Packers weekend. We go over to Green Bay every year. We're going over again in 2017, and it's going to be massive. But listen, let's end it on a positive note. Fantastic win. Two more to go. We're into the playoffs. So from myself, at NFL on Twitter, uh, from the group, at UK Packers, and from me all... 
buddy Miol pal at Ryan Peacock NFL give us all a follow it's goodbye for now much love <laughs>